Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. The husband of a wife who's been missing for a long time, knowing that she's suffering from the effects of Alzheimer's, continues to look for her. Nancy Pollockis is her name, and she has fallen between the gaps of a system that's not designed to find people like Nancy. And that is kind of the backstory behind this wonderful documentary that will be premiering at the Cinequest Film Festival in just a couple of weeks. Uh, and the film is called Where's Nancy? And we're joined today by the director of the documentary film, Where's Nancy? And that would be Tiago Dedalt. Tiago, welcome to Film School Radio. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Uh, you're so welcome, and thank you thank you for your patience. This has been a little bit of a, a journey here to get to this point uh, and to be able to sit down and talk to you, so I appreciate that. Well, tell me a little bit about how you heard about the story behind Nancy. I'm from Brazil, and I grew up watching homeless people all the time. And it was kind of like a normal thing. And you learn when you live in a third world country, that's what they call it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you feel like, oh, okay, you're a poor country and you have homeless, and that's normal. So when I moved to L.A. six years ago, and I started seeing all these homeless people on the streets, that was like a, a bit of a shock because I was not um, expecting the biggest, you know, country in the world have such a problem. And actually, after that, I went to London and so many other places. And, and now I can see it's a worldwide problem. It's not just a third world um, issue. So I always, as a filmmaker, I always want to talk about that and in a way that to make people realize that everybody can be in that situation and not what everybody kind of comes and talk about homeless is like um, have drugs involved or the person couldn't hand, handle money and family and stuff. So for me, it was uh, trying to find a, a story to connect and make people realize that we all can be in that situation somehow. And during my research, I find out about early on Alzheimer's. So I create this story called Chocolate. And I and Drew Miller, who is my executive producer in both projects, we made this film in the end of, uh, in the beginning of July 2016. So it was a short film, uh, 21 minutes. It is available on iTunes and all the platforms, so if anybody want to check it out, it's a very interesting short film. When I was about to do that film, I went to a couple of Alzheimer's associations, organizations, and they they told me that a situation like a woman with Alzheimer walking away and mixing with the homeless population would be something that never would happen, and, and, and that the script was not right, and things like that. But we, because it was a fiction story, we decided to make anyway, and we made the film. So interesting enough, three months later, when we finished the film, 
we had some screenings and we were about to have a premiere in LA. The lead actress of the movie, Piercy Dalton, she took a picture of this flyer that was talking about Nancy and she texted me and said, hey, this is happening. So this woman walked away with Alzheimer and she's missing for a week. So Piercy became a volunteer and she started, you know, helping looking for her. And she invited the family for for the short film screening. It was crazy. I don't think I would ever be able to do that. <laughs> but interestingly enough, they all came to the screening and they loved the film. And they talk about it. They say how, you know, close the story was. So it was a, a kind of a shock to actually imagine that I made a short fiction completely disconnected to their story and suddenly you have a very similar story going on right away because we got to know each other and I and Kirk, the uh, Nancy husband, we are always, so my film went to a bunch of film festivals. So every time that I showed the film, I was bringing, you know, some flyers and talking about Nancy. So we kind of helping each other and somehow to spread the word about Nancy uh, during the first year mm-hmm. when the movie was uh, went to film festivals and all. So, but, but in my mind, I've always thought they would find her as soon as possible. I, I had no idea um, she would be missing for so long. And she's a brilliant woman. I mean, we're talking about someone with a great life, great mind, that suddenly disappeared like in a click, you know? It became like a ghost. It's such a crazy story. Yeah. So... The first year, I really didn't think about to film anything or do anything in respect for the family and also because I truly believe they will find her because that was everybody was saying. They're going to find her. They're going to find her. But time goes on and, you know, media lost interest in the case. And But Kirk and the family was always looking for her. They never gave up. And I was just finding a way to help them somehow. So I made a video for YouTube explaining, you know, a little bit of her situation and everything. And then I got to the point where Kirk was telling me all these weird gaps in the system and she may be missing in between this and that. And I was like, you know what? I have this unbelievable, unscripted story happening in front of me and I am a filmmaker. I'm not a documentary filmmaker. Like I, I didn't grow up doing documentaries, but I just believe as a filmmaker, you have to feel what's going on around you. And if it, it's an amazing story happening, you have to do what you have to do. If it's a documentary, you have to do and, and tell the story. That's what matters. So that's what I did. So that I, I came to him and say, hey, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know. I don't know if we're even going to have a film in the end, but I really would like from now on to um, film your story. And he was very excited. And they they were really amazing, open up the doors and let me in. And I had no idea what this film were, how this film would come together because it was about two years and a half of work. I had about... 80 hours of material to come up with a, an hour, 20 minutes. I think what helped me a lot is because I'm an editor before anything. 
even when I was shooting, because I am the cinematographer in the film too, the director, the editor, it was, you know, every time that I was shooting, I was already kind of editing in my mind, so I could save a little bit of time here and there. Uh, otherwise, I think it would be like way more material and, and I could be lost in so many things. Hmm. But that's a little bit how okay. it came about. It's a very weird story. Like, I don't know anybody with Alzheimer. I never in my family don't have anyone. It was this interesting, even Kirk made a, a testimonial telling about the connection of the, my short film, Chocolate, and his story telling how similar it was and how weird was the way that we connect. And it, it's kind of art, uh, life imitating art or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, right. yeah well, it was very interesting because, you know, if you think about it, she could be missing, she, they could be from New York, they could be from Las Vegas. I would never know about the story, and we've never connected, I think. Right. I have a sense, having talked to a lot of filmmakers, that uh, often, especially documentary filmmakers, uh, that oftentimes the story finds you. And that sounds... Oh, yeah. That, that's, that, I think that, that's what happened here. I completely agree. And more and more, this is happening. Like, everything that I'm doing, it's really stories find me. But, but but a lot of time, and I, I like to say this to my fellow filmmakers, that you have to be open for it. Yeah. Because it doesn't matter if you have an amazing story in front of you, but you're not looking at or being open to Because, like I said, I've been working with actors and nonfiction stories, narrative films and stuff like that for a while. So the idea of making a documentary could be, it was in the beginning kind of like, uh... I don't think is my thing, but then I was like, wait a minute, this story is way more than just making a documentary or making a film. It's, it's something that is happening. I have access, and they, they're open for me to do it, and it's a story that I have to tell. It was just like, I have to tell this story. Well, and you'd also said that, you know, your experience in, in your home country of homeless people, and this this is where there's an overlap, right. and it's the story of Nancy. Let, let's talk a little bit about uh, Nancy Polakis and um, how her, her, just a brief sort of background about her. I'll start us off by saying that she was, by all accounts in the film, a brilliant woman. She was well-educated. She was an engineer. She was came from a good family, well, a good upbringing, lived in a beautiful place as a child, was uh, married to a very successful um, man who was, who was also an engineer. They seemed to, everything was as you would hope you would be in, as you were moving through life. It appeared that everything going well. And uh, no reason to think that she wouldn't continue on that path, right? So is that is that a fair exactly. description? Yeah, yeah. She was a private pilot, also, which yeah. is unbelievable. Over a period of time, people began to notice a kind of a decline in her ability to carry on a conversation, to be able to remember things that they knew she knew. Things were starting to appear to be um, awry, amiss. And You're right. uh, and so they took her in for testing. She tested early onset Alzheimer's, and uh, and that's where we sort of pick up the story where you are 
a, where I feel like you're part of the of this project really kind of kicks in because she, they they yeah. she's at a they uh, her husband and I think some friends were with her at the Los Angeles County uh, Museum of Modern Art and yeah. um, she wandered off they're not not by neglect what they were keeping an eye on her she went to the bathroom when she came out and how no one saw her is you know, it's hard. Yeah. It's one of those things. You know, it's a you know one of things those things in life. And by the way, just as a personal note, and I'm gonna just because I think it's relevant to our conversation. My mom. Yeah. My mom died of Alzheimer's, and so oh, I'm so keen. Uh, so, thank you. I'm so keenly aware of you can do everything right, and so mm-hmm. so uh, that's why I bring mm-hmm. it into the conversation now. You can do everything right, and something can you know at any moment can go wrong. So yeah, it's uh, a blink of an eye, yeah. and the person disappears. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. I don't, I don't believe. That's why I think this film is very important for people to watch because of the amount of information that you can get uh, about a lot of a situation like this. Not only about her disappearance, but what can you do to find ways to keep an eye or to have a track bracelet or something. Um, when you have someone with Alzheimer's at home. In her case, um, and that's the thing that people don't know much to, early onset Alzheimer's happens to people uh, in the early stage, like less than 60 years old. Usually people are diagnosed on the 70, 80 years old, and then, you know, the normal sense of the disease, it goes, a long path of like 10, 15 years until the person really um, forget everything. But what I learned during this process is early on that Alzheimer's kick him in a very young person, it goes really quickly. So Nancy was diagnosed on 2015 and in one year she went missing and she was like completely not remembering much. So that's very scary, and because the population is growing, and so we and she was very uh, healthy, and we can see any you know pathological thing in her case. Her family don't have anyone with Alzheimer's in her family, so right. it 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 is just it can happen to anyone, and and that that's the thing that I believe people have to watch this film to really be aware that we all can be in that situation. So what, what should we do? What if my friend is in that situation? What can we, you know, find ways to not have the same ending as Nancy, you know? You know, there's a lot of things that as a takeaway from the film that, uh, and that is, uh, yeah, early onset, I'd heard that my mom had a more, uh, say, traditional um uh, progression of the disease with uh, it took her it was over well that we know of 11 or 12 years but over that period of time right. it was a slow steady decline um with it and so yes and the the lesson to be taken away is you know no and you all you can do is do the best you can and you know and this is what mm-hmm. kirk uh, moody her husband and george and joan well, I guess we're doing as well. They were taking care of her. They were making sure that she got the care she needed. Um, I don't want to give too much away because I think people should see the film. There's a lot more going on in the in the film, 
But um, but I want to remind our listeners that we're speaking with the uh, director and, yes, you mentioned, I think, producer, editor. What else (laughs) did you do on this production? Let's see. Cinematographer. Cinematographer. It's good Uh, good to say that this film was, we were able to make this film because my executive producer, Drew Miller, from DLEMillerProductions.com, She's the one who made this film possible. We made a couple of projects before, and when I came with the idea to her, she was really excited about it. And, and it's a long process, you know. We t- I started filming the family a year after she went missing. And it was about a year and a half shooting, and plus a year of editing. So we have like two years and a half of um work in this film it's a long process i mean usually in documentaries people can spend five ten years in something but um in this case we have an end so yeah when we started the film we didn't have an end right so people have to watch to know what i'm talking about (laughs) yes you yes you do and well and and there are again in addition to um nancy's story there are also the elements of, as you mentioned, we talked a little bit about the homelessness issue in Los Angeles County. This all takes place in L.A. LA County, L.A. City. Right. Depends on how you want to define, you know, sort of where she was and what. But it's a basically, and it's the, it's the involvement of the family. It's the involvement of um, the determination on the part of people like her husband, Kirk Modi, and, and the parents in order to, to uh, begin to shine a light on something that they found in trying to locate where Nancy was, gaps in, the, in our public policy, gaps in our safety net uh, that relate to homelessness, but they also relate to mental illness and to diseases mm-hmm. like Alzheimer's, dementia. And by the way, for people who don't know this, uh, I found out uh, that, uh, you know, Alzheimer's is kind of an umbrella uh, diagnosis. When people have dementia, they may not have Alzheimer's. There are something Mm -hmm. like 70 to 80 different diagnosable uh, forms of a dementia, a loss of of mental uh, capacity, capability. So, but we tend to throw all of them into that basket called Alzheimer's. So, uh, this is a problem right. and an issue where we where we are we are still learning about the disease. We're learning about how we can mitigate it, and so far that hasn't been the case. There are just so many things, and it's all talked about in the film. You, there's some wonderful illustrations, some graphics, some things that are going on, animation, in order to sort mm-hmm. of give people an idea of what's going on with the disease and how it impact, impacts people. But also, that's right. But also, and to your credit, and to the credit of the people in the uh, in their in her family, who have gone to the authorities, gone to LA County, and I might tip my hat. I, in the interest of full disclosure, I also I also used to work for LA County, but I'm going to give them a pat on the back for this because they deserve it. They have really right. up up their game. There's now a program in place for people who are lost. There is a way for people who who show signs of, of dementia and others, a way of tracking where they are in case they do get lost, uh, like Nancy did. Um, it's a pretty yeah, right. it's a pretty wonderful, you know, for the pain and suffering that the family has gone through because of N- Nancy's disappearance. It's a pretty mm-hmm. hopeful story. It's a it's a really encouraging uh, right, experience. Because, Go ahead. Yeah, if you think about it, I know I know a thing. 
randomly some cases of people who disappear, not with Alzheimer's, but other facts. And people getting the point after one year or two, they give up. They have to go with their life, right? Yeah. So you, you see the family that never give up. And not only that, but they made up uh, amazing things that came up with her disappearance. So we, we have this project, Lifesaver, by the LA Found, where people that have someone at, at home that tend to wonder or, you know, just find out about the disease and want to feel a little bit more comfortable having a track bracelet, they just can access the project and and request a bracelet. And in the film, you can see some cases of people who walk away. And, and, and it's interesting to know that Alzheimer's patients, 60% of them are going to walk. Yeah. And autistic kids, 50% of them are going to walk away in some point. Yeah. So it's a big problem, and it's great that LA is taking a part of this, but I, I hope the film inspire all the cities to do and to have the same type of project. Right. Well, as I said a, a, a couple of minutes ago, this is true of the caregivers, it's care of family members, it's 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 the same case with our elected officials. You you should do what you can do. You can only do what you can do. And in the case of government and these agencies, they can do more for a public good. The people in the family mm-hmm. can do the private good, the healing, the the uh, the empathy that these people desperately need. They need to know their world is crashing around them. They need to know that there are people around them who... They, they haven't lost whatever connection they might have and to be able to provide an environment for them to at least be able to withstand the worst parts of this horrible, horrible disease. And uh, yeah, yeah, the indignity yeah, but... of it. There's so much to it. There are so many things that are just more than losing your memory. It's the indignities that you, you're forced to endure when you're in this. In this. It's just beyond awful. Well, that's true. Yeah. Um, well, uh, the film is, as I think I mentioned, it's premiering, world premiere at the Cinequest Film Festival. That starts in just a couple of days. Uh, um, yes. Uh, so, so we're going to screen. Go ahead. We, our, our first screening is at the Harmer Theater in San Jose, Sunday, March 8, 5 p.m. Mm-hmm. So everybody who is available, please come over. It's going to be a very very emotional screening, even because Kirk Moody is going to be there, George and John Polica is going to be there, I'm going to be there, um, part of the crew of the film is going to be there. So it's going to be a great Q&A section after this. Great, great. And it also screens on Tuesday, March 10th at 7 p.m. at the Century 20 Redwood City th- screens, uh, as well as Century 20, same same theater on Friday March 13th, not the same screening room, but the same theater on March 13th. So so you've got March 8th as the premiere at the Hammer Theater in San Jose. And then, as you said, you're going to have Kirk Moody, the husband, George and Joan, Nancy's parents, and a host of other people. And I'm sure it is going to feel like, um, in some ways, another kind of um, um, celebration of Nancy's life in addition to seeing a, a very good documentary film 
Uh, you're going to also have an opportunity to really share. Uh, I'm sure you'll hear stories about Nancy, and you'll hear stories from other people who have been benefiting from what uh, the LA County people are doing, and from whether what and hopefully what other cities and counties are starting to implement as part of their public policy. It'll it, it's going to be a good. I you know it's hard to say in, in under the circumstances you're going to have a good time here watching. <laughs> you know. I mean, well, I think I think it's it's a great cycle when you start to make a project like a film project and and you 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 your final moment or opening moment when you open the film to the people it's in a great film festival and also in this case because nancy was a software engineer so having the film at the silicon valley where you know we have so many software engineers and people like her yeah. I think it's just amazing, you know, it just kind of closed the circle and open up the film to the public in a in a way that I couldn't imagine. It's, yeah. it's wonderful. Well, the film, again, is <clears throat> Where is Nancy? Uh, we've been talking to the director, co-producer, cinematographer, and editor, editor of Where is Nancy? And that's Tiago Dedalt. And I thank you so very much for your time uh, today with us and... Uh, all the best on the launch here at uh, at CineQuest 2020 and moving forward with the film. Looking forward to it being distributed. So the more people see this, the more I think they're going to have the same reaction I did, which is to congratulate you on a wonderful film, but also thank you for uh, another way for us to understand that out of something that is tragic can come something that is it is life-affirming as well. So thank you. Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate it. And I can't wait for everybody who is listening to this. Please come over, talk with us. It's going to be great. Thank you, Tiago. Thank you. I appreciate it, Mike. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.